Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it. It's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, the Bill Simmons podcast. Check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I am all right, thanks man. How are you? Good, thanks. Very well indeed. Happy day Qua- after the book launch day. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, very excited. Um, so yeah, quick update for those who don't know. Um, German translation of In the End It's All About Love, formerly launched yesterday at Ocelot Book. Shout out to them. Myrish Verlag published the book here, translated by the brilliant Mary Isabel Matthew Schlinzig. And the book is called Es ging immer nur um Liebe. And it was just an absolute joy. So yeah, thank you to everyone that came out. And obviously, yeah, we've had a very busy few days, you and I. We've been on the road. Yeah, I'm still on the road, technically. That's why I missed your book launch, which I was very yes, excited yes. about. I was there in spirit. You were actually, there were a couple of cardigans in the room. Oh, um, there you go. I, they, there, they, there was, they arrived. <laughs> there, was calming, there was calming energy in the room. So yeah, there were, there were good vibes there. Okay. You were there in spirit. Aww. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm glad it went well. It looked great. And uh, congrats again on the book. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we hope everyone else is staying safe and well. And um, there was no Wrighty's house this week because Wrighty was under the weather. Hopefully he's on the mend. though. will get well soon, Wrighty. Mm. Um, so apologies about that. It's been a bit quiet on the Stadio and Wrighty's house front this week. But like I say, that's because you and I literally couldn't, couldn't do the pod on Monday because of our travel schedule. So today we're going to do a quick roundup just some stuff that we caught from the weekend because obviously it's been a few days now and we're into the men's international break and then we will answer some questions. So let's get into it after this. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, man, if it's okay with you, I'd like to start in the Bundesliga because yes, we're now into the first international break of the season. Union are top still. Two points ahead of Dortmund who won the derby over. Schalke, thanks to a late goal from Yusuf Makoku. Yeah, yeah. He had one of those moments that you always talk about, which is kind of like when the players can't believe what they've just done. Yes. And actually, there's a really, really brilliant piece by Seb Stafford Bloor, which talks about the derby and also talks about the death of his mother and football as like a, 
I suppose a coping mechanism, the love of football, all this kind of stuff. It's mm. it's such an amazing piece on the Athletic. I tweeted it. I think you did as well. Mm. Um, go and read that from Seb. Yeah, so I said it's a masterpiece, and I stand by that. It's an unbelievable piece of writing. Shouts to Seb. But yeah, because Bayern lost again. They lost one nil to, to Augsburg. Lost Augsburg again. again, yeah, because they lost to Augsburg last season away two one. That was that that wild game in the first half. Do you remember? Yeah, they've had problems with Augsburg for a while, to be honest. <laughs> Annoying neighbours. We're considering Augsburg size. They shouldn't be doing as well as Bayern as they are. Um, but because uh, Union beat for them. Wolfsburg 2-0 on Sunday, mm. they are still top of the Bundesliga. They look pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. That Jordan goal was such a good goal. That front two is really something. They're really cooking, man. I got to say, like, they are... Union, they're legit. They're legit. They're just a, just a very good team. Uh, obviously, depth will be an issue as the season goes on, but... The teams beneath them are, ha- are going to have to fight quite a bit harder to dislodge them than they might have thought at the start of the season. Mm. Um, they're just, yeah, just a very good team, actually. Um, Marco Rosa had back-to-back old team derbies, and uh, he won the first one, obviously, against Dortmund, like we spoke about, comfortably. Mm. And then he uh, got beaten comfortably by his old team, Gladbach. 3-0 in Gladbach. Grim, grim reception for him there. It wasn't great, no. Yeah, it really, it really wasn't. There was some not particularly kind banners, let's say. That, that is a manager who, there's a record scratch manager in terms of, yeah. you look three years ago and how he was regarded, critically acclaimed, beloved. And now it's a tough, yeah. Uh, that win for Gladbach though has drawn them level on points with Bayern. Um, so the top of the Bundesliga is kind of wild. Uni on top, Dortmund behind them on uh, Two points behind them. Freiburg a point behind Dortmund. Hoffenheim a point behind Freiburg. Bayern a point behind Hoffenheim. Gladbach level. And then Eintracht Frankfurt and Mainz a point behind them. It's very condensed, the Bundesliga. And it's, it's a hell of a league, yeah. Fun. It's a hell of a league. And like, again, again, it has to be said, the, um, the sale of Lewandowski has had a huge levelling mm. effect uh, just because once you lose a volume goal scorer like that, and also as well, shout out to Gilkovitz in the Augsburg goal. Poor Bayern. <laughs> They've run into a couple of keepers producing absolute world-class, like all-time performances. Sommer and Gilkovitz performing like that. So the thing, the only, the only good news for Bayern is goalkeepers across the league cannot keep up these heroics for an entire season. It will have to revert to the mean at some point. But for now, unfortunately, Bayern are just running into immovable objects. But yeah, exciting in the Bundesliga. Uh, just very quickly in Liga, PSG beat Lyon thanks to a, a very early Leo Messi goal. I thought Lyon could have got back into it. Lacazette. Yeah, a couple of times from Lacazette. You know what it is? First, Lacazette of Lyon, the first time around, scores that first one. Oh, yeah. Well, he's also like a lot older. <laughs> yeah, he's just, but just in terms of the chance itself, yeah. like it's a chance that's presentable. I think maybe he's just getting back into his rhythm there. Mm. Um, but yeah, a very presentable chance, unfortunately, that he, that he missed. Uh, because Marseille dropped points with Rennes, they drew one all with Rennes. It meant that uh, PSG are out in front at the top. Do you want to do the rest of the men's stuff quickly before we touch on the super, Women's Super League returning? Or do you want to touch on the Women's Super League first? Because it was back. Yeah, let, let's get into the Women's Super League, actually. Yeah. Uh, and with the headline result, Liverpool women beating Chelsea 2-1. Yikes. Like, yeah, I mean, how to even... So headlines, really. Three penalties deciding this game, which I is quite like this. unusual, right? People, historians will look at that. Oh, what happened there? It was very um, rugby union. Yeah, record crowd for a women's game at Prenton Park, just over 3,000. Uh, great atmosphere, great vibe. I think the, the full capacity is about 18. So the energy was really good in the stadium. Um, and Liverpool, good value for this in the sense of their resilience. Chelsea might look at the performance and say, actually, we create enough to have won it and mm. we played fairly well. Katie Stengel with two penalties after Frank Kirby gave them the, op- the lead with the opener and all taken with a real a real confidence. And I think all, all were clear penalties, to be fair. Um, and this is just a bad result because Liverpool are newly promoted and we saw from last year that you lose points early in this league, you're just chasing all the time. You are chasing all the time. It's going to be a, a tough one for Chelsea, just in terms of the blow to the confidence as well, I think, that this, mm. would, this would mean. Yeah. Game of the weekend, though, was Villa against Man City. Villa beating Man City 4-3, an absolute thriller. And two from Rachel Daly, one of which was... Thriller in the, thriller the, in the Villa. Thr- <laughs> thriller at oh. Villa. Um, Rachel Daly getting the winner on her WSL debut for 
Villa. Um, An absolute banger it was too. It was such a good goal, man. I'm really glad that she's back. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's great. Yeah. Get the band back together. Spurs being Leicester away, West Ham being Everton, Manchester United being Reading 4-0, which is a good result for Manchester United in the first game of the season, and Arsenal beating Brighton 4-0, which is also a good result for Arsenal on Friday night. To be fair, Emma Kohlberg did get sent her sent off. Those for, results feel kind of as you were, the rest. Those last two feel kind yeah, of Yeah, well, they remember were. last season, Arsenal dropped some silly points in a few games, yeah. which essentially cost them the title. They didn't, the, yeah, the yeah. games against the, the top teams didn't really cost them last season. Mm. But, um, I think as we've seen numerous times this year, uh, this this year with this league, the smallest mistake can cost you the title. So I just think you have to capitalize. It sounds so cliche, but especially in the WSL, you have to capitalize on the weekends that your opponents don't. Yeah, you absolutely yeah. Be- have to. It's essential because I th- and the strong start is so important because what you can never account for as a big team mm. is that is how much teams strengthen. Mm. In the off season, because you ha- you know you haven't really had a had a look at them. So the first game, it's like the you know we always talk about the first game of the World Cup, mm. like get a draw out of it and move on, a draw or a win. But uh, you know, and it's it's so it's such a cliche to say that, but really, there might have been a slight shock maybe from Chelsea's perspective at just how well prepared Liverpool were for them. In t- not not in terms of complacency, but in terms of that extra resilience that maybe wasn't there before. Yep, I agree. Arsenal couldn't follow up that good result last night in the Champions League qualifier over Ajax. I was at that game. It was two all. Mm. They were behind once. They then they they got themselves back in front and got pegged back right at the end. And to be honest, it's a really disappointing result that for Arsenal because again, I just think that the two goals they conceded were a little bit sloppy, and they have to be a little bit more. What's the word? If they're going to have hopes of going deep in the Champions League and if they want yeah. to win the Super League, they have to cut out those kind of mistakes because they're the ones that have cost them last season. They need to be more ruthless when they're in front yeah, of yeah, goal more decisive, and they need to yeah. be a lot more tight at the back. But it's, good. it's all set up for uh, for next week in Amsterdam. And Ajax were good, man. I was really impressed with Ajax. Saw Serena again after having a chat oh. with her on the weekends. Walk, oh, walked wow. in and was just like, hello. And uh, she was just like, hello again. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> Me and Flo just walked in and we were like, you're right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You're going to be friends now. <laughs> uh, she's far too cool for me. Let's do Serie A very quickly, but we don't need to yeah. talk about the games itself because it's been ages, but... Yeah. The headline is, well, there are two headlines, headlines, actually. Three headlines? Four headlines, I count. Okay. One, uh, I count I four headlines. I think there are two headlines. That, well, Monza beating Juventus 1-0 is not as big a shock as it first appears. Firstly, given um, Juventus' form, and secondly, that Monza have been underperforming considering the players they have in that squad. I know they just promoted, but great piece by uh, Nikki Bandini about this, where basically she talks about the fact that, you know, it's Berlusconi owned, and a lot of those players are very good. You've got Stefano Sensi there, for example, who's like literally, <laughs> he's an Italy international. So you've got really good football there. And Monza maybe there's any criticism of them is that they haven't quite shown the levels that their squad is capable of. Mm. So Monza beating Juventus, who just didn't struggle, didn't, didn't manage to get any kind of rhythm together at all. The other big result I would say was the Napoli win over Milan at San Siro. Very big win. And that's very big because that's the kind of game that Napoli were not winning last season. Yes. Especially after you wrote that piece about them. Right. <laughs> I've now, so if there's any Napoli fans listening, all of them are saying, please don't write about us, Musa. Please yeah, don't there, write there, about us, Musa. There, there was a caveat. There was a caveat that piece, which I, I cling to, um, <laughs> which is that Napoli, for all their great play, still had to have that statement victory, but they've, they've got two already. They've got two already. Man. The Liverpool win, and now this, and they looked really good against um, Milan, who, you know, it was, it was a fine game. Another Politano pen. Yes, Politano so decisive. And, Another goal Simeone. for Simeone as well. Yeah, there's depth. That's a he's transitioning into that move. I think probably better than I thought he would. If I'm being honest, I I liked the signing because there was low pressure because they brought in Raspadori as well, mm. and they had others. And Dombele's there in the mix, so they've got a range of players who came in. So it doesn't put the focus on one player. And yeah, he's taken to the role well. And Napoli just now have options, and they're exciting. And then you have Inter, of course, getting done by Udinese three one. And who, th- who were third, by the way. And they played really well. This is the, th- the, the concern for Inter won't just be the defeat. It'll be the fact that at no real point they look to have control of this game. Yeah. Udinese were, Udinese were superb. 
I, th- I think he needs to switch that that front two up a little bit. But you kind of think without Lukaku, what what are the options? This is the this is the problem. Like the, the Lukaku departure, I don't know. If it's fair to destabilise the front line. You know that they're, they're, they're pretty effective, but they just haven't got firing. And mm. I wonder if it's a systemic problem for Inter, or if not saying teams have worked them out. Is that their opponents have maybe got stronger in the meantime, and they've kind of gone sideways. Um, but whatever's wrong there, they have to fix it and soon because yeah. this. If anything, Serie A is even more interesting than it was last season, which is saying something. Big win, actually, um, on that front uh, for Atalanta over Roma. Oh, yes. Very good win there. 1-0 for them. (laughs) 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 Spitting Cobra Mourinho. (laughs) Juventus haven't won in September. Their last win came in the 2-0 win over Spezia on the 31st of August. They drew to Fiorentina. They lost to PSG. They drew to Salernitana. They lost to Benfica and now they've lost to Monza. We've got Bologna at home after the international break. But with Thomas Tuchel sitting on the sidelines, I mean, Pochettino is as well. Right. You've got two elite coaches just waiting in the wings. Yeah, although I've heard some rumours that Pochettino's been linked to the Nice job already, that Paul Lucien Favre's already been talked about getting fired. Which I don't think he should take the Nice job. No, I don't either. But I don't think he should take it. Yeah, I think it's a bit too premature to be firing Lucien Favre, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Serie A is wild. I love it. I love it so Can much. I just say also, yeah, just just, just um, epitomise, Juventus struggles just epitomised by the Di Maria red card. Oh, yeah. Just out of nothing. When, yeah. when things like that happen, you're just like, First half he's been out well. for a bit, you're just, you're just like, this is wild. This is, yeah, man. what's going on there? Yeah, what's going yeah. on in that camp? Very odd. Let's maybe save La Liga stuff for part two. Let's do the Premier League first. Yes. A few postponements this weekend. So the uh, Man United Leeds game was postponed. Chelsea Liverpool was postponed. Brighton Palace was postponed. Friday night, Villa beat Southampton 1-0. And uh, Fulham did really well to beat Forest 3-2 at the City ground. I loved Polina's goal in this game. It was so good. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. Just clipped the top of the box, top right. It just, ah, there's something about that type of finish. Yeah. Just pure technique. Um, and he'd been building towards it for a while with lots of great touch plays. So it was almost like the crescendo, crescendo goal for him. Harrison Reed with a lovely finish to decide the game. Fulham, yeah, just good value again. And mm. Nottingham Forest, still in transition. But then again, I mean, how could they not be with? I mean, <laughs> 20 squad. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just, I don't know. I just, it's a unique coaching job, that. It's it, a yeah, unique coaching season, job in terms yeah. of just assembling all those moving parts. Um, it's a, yeah. Nathan Collins nearly killed Jack Grealish at Molyneux. Could have killed oh, really? him. Could have killed him. <laughs> what was that? Was that was Ferguson, wasn't it? Was that Sir Alex Ferguson? Could have killed him. Someone kicked the ball at someone in, in a game that he, uh, when he was still manager at Manchester United. And he, could, he turned around and he was like, could have killed him. Was it in the oh, post-match God. interview? Could have killed him. He said, late, late era Ferguson said a lot of wild things. He really did. Man. <laughs> this looked so gnarly, this tackle. Uh, on Jack Grealish, it was like proper deonged him. Definite, definite red card. But I thought, a little bit of a, it's not really a hot tape, I thought Wolves were really unlucky in this game. I thought they were pretty good. I think 3-0 probably flattered City a little bit. Um, Wolves were good against them last season, to be honest. Yeah, they were. Actually, no, another, red, another red card. Yeah, in the same, same fixture, right? But another was that card. the Etihad last season where him and got sent off? And your yeah, dream yeah, yeah. red card. They're playing really, really well. Yeah, exactly. They're playing really, really well. Then you got to need this red. Mm. They um, had the game under control, though, I would have thought. Well, control in, in terms of they had they were resilient. It was yeah, nil-nil. I mean, the thing about City is that they're just scoring so many more goals than anyone else. Mm. Erling Haaland looked really good in the build-up, to be honest. His goal, actually, was really good, I thought. Yeah. Slightly different goal than what we've seen from him so far in a City shirt, because this felt actually a little bit like a... This kind of goal, I think, is a sign of how just how good he is, because... Mm. He's dribbling towards the box on his weaker foot and he's still quite far out and he doesn't really mm. even hit it that well, but he still hits no. it pretty well. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm and scary. He's going to score so many goals, man. Honestly. Like, he is. I know he this is, is and just he's... not a take at all, but he's just going to score so many goals. He's locked in. He absolutely is. Newcastle drawing with Bournemouth. Let's talk about Spurs because Spurs, hmm, Spurs. That's a serious team. It is, 
but I still don't think they're even playing that well. That's the thing. I that's still a scary. That's, well, that's, that's, that's scary. That's what, well, that's yeah, scary. that's what I was yeah. saying before. We had a question from Kevin Ray because obviously Hyun Min Song came on as a substitute, got a hat trick. No normal hat trick either. It was quite two, bashful, two, yeah. two unbelievable yeah. goals, but it felt like a yeah. felt like a bit of a bashful hat trick. Oh really? I thought no. I thought he was angry. No, 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 no. It wasn't yeah. though. Not in because uh, the celebrations were very like bashful. Oh, I thought he was furious. Oh, you know, you know, it's like, no, you know, you know, you know, you, you, yeah, you know, like, you know, when you have, um, it's really funny you say that though, because I remember, uh, some, a couple of people tweeted at us saying, uh, some, someone said, oh my God, it's the angriest hat trick of all time. And someone was just like, so calm. I was like, well, which one is it? I, I thought it was angry. I, I don't, only because he's not the most, um, like he's a humble dude. Right. And he doesn't come out and really say much. So when a humble dude basically comes out and the first goal celebration is basically talking to people about, it's basically saying to his critics, like, calm down. And then when the third goal is basically like, there's three for you, you're like, whoa, like this guy has been keeping score. Because it was his first goal, I think, of the season, the open that he got. And so like, like, the first one was at the right, top right, the next one was top left, just bang, bang. And so I, I thought actually in his own way, I don't think it was a, he was, I don't think it was a demonstrative, but I think there's, there's anger there. There's anger there. Definitely. It's like when someone, you talk, there, there are some people when they lose their, when they, when they lose their tempers, they start talking like really calmly and evenly and slowly. It's like, oh wow. That, that, and that's actually the kind of anger that I'm scared of, if I'm honest. Interesting. Kevin Ray said, is Song back? Or was Never it left. a 15 minute flash of brilliance? Should Spurs supporters remain concerned? I think, Son never left. Well, I mean, he did. He's not been great this season so far, but that's in but, a goal scoring sense. But occupy, but think, yeah, but he occupies. Yeah, yeah. I think and his he, movement, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also I think that Spurs have got more help for this like now. When, when Son and Kane have not been playing well this season, they've got the help elsewhere and that's the depth mm-hmm. that they've been severely lacking for such a long time. You know, they added to it last season with Kulosevsky and then they've added to it, it, they've added to it again this season. Perisic, really well. great addition too. Perisic, great addition. Uh, Richarlison's a great addition and it just takes the load off um, I think Spurs are going to be fine it's like I said I've said it numerous times this season I think they've I think they've probably only played really 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 well for maybe one and a half games in the league and that's not a, that's not to I'm not slagging Spurs off there at all I'm saying if anything it's like I've said I've repeated it numerous times this season that's a that's something that I think other people should be worried about because if Spurs right. are main, Spurs are getting results while struggling to really, really fire, it's hard. Seems silly saying they're not really firing if they're just beating Leicester six two. But I think that what I mean is, well, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know what you mean. I know, you know what I mean. Um, like even in this game, I think you know Leicester had probably a couple of chances to to get another before Spurs really got back into it. And also, just Leicester can't. Leicester are struggling to defend. They're they're all over the place at the moment. Um, if I was a Spurs fan, I would be very, very, very zen about how things are at the moment because, like, we haven't even reached our final form yet, and we're still sticking six past teams. I mean, I'd be very excited as a Spurs fan just because they have unbelievable depth, yeah, and because Bentancur, you know, he scored against Leicester, and he's adding. If he adds more of that to his game, mm. then and and there's no reason why he can't because. With the quality of the forwards ahead of him, that empa- ahead of him, that empowers him to run into those spaces. So yeah, like um, it's a big, big season ahead from Spurs uh, potentially. Mm. It's exciting for them. Uh, Everton beat West Ham one nil. Um, nil Mopes first goal for Everton, and uh, another wonderful performance from Alex Awobi. Yep, prime time Awobi. Prime time. Stepping, stepping up. Fletcher AFC1 on Twitter said, who's the best midfielder in the league right now and why is it Alex Awobi? And well, like, Obviously, <laughs> Alex Awobi isn't the best midfielder in the league, but I think he's on form, he's playing extremely well. He's, he's, extremely he's one of the well, most yeah, in-form yeah. midfielders in the yeah. league. Like, I, don't want, I don't want to laugh and ridicule that because it sounds like I'm saying he's not. No, he's not. He's extremely, extremely good. Um, and he's playing in the position that makes him happiest. Uh, and Everton, you know, their survival is, is, is so linked to performances like his. Mm. And it's too early to say how Everton will do. I mean, this is their first Premier League win. So early days, 
there is something a little more assured about them, I would say. I think so. A little, a, little, a little more. I mean, it, again, it's early, but he's a key part of that. That was their first win of the season, though. Yeah, he just gives them, he just gives them more match control. Like Now, that maybe is also a comment on West Ham and their uncertain start. They haven't been as impressive no, out of the box really as haven't. they were. Yeah, yeah, they haven't. There's something going on there. It feels like a um, real hangover from last season, I think. They were so maybe, close yeah. to achieving something mega last season. And I think we've mentioned it a couple of times already this season that I just wonder whether it's hard to find that motivation again, I think. It's also the element people see you coming. Like mm. West Ham last year, I think there was some uncertainty about just how good they were coming out of the lockdown season. Mm. Uh, so maybe people didn't fully clock how good they were. And now they're prepared. Mm. Like it's, like, it's like when you're a champion, people come at you differently. And mm. I think people are coming at them differently. Um, plus they have to incorporate new signings too. So goodness is what I think for squad chemistry, that is some time to kind of get their, um, it, you see it a lot with, with clubs that buy players relatively late in the window, you do see that. Yeah. So yeah. Arsenal put, their, put some demons to bed. They did. They're going to some demons, Some demons and some trolls. Yeah. What was it uh, Ivan Tony said? Yeah, first time was funny. After that, a bit cringe. But he, no, he, he, look, it's funny that he said that, but you've got to expect jokes. No, no, he you did, have to be fair, he did yeah. do the whole like, no, 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 but seriously, that's no, fine kind of thing. You know? Yeah, it, it is fine. I mean, you, you just have to expect the jokes. The he wasn't, because... he didn't seem salty about it at all, actually. He was very much just like, oh, you know, what, first time was funny, but like, you know, got a bit cringe after a while, but no, 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 it's fine. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, it's all good. I think also in fairness to him, like, you know, it's just, Arsenal as a fan base and maybe as a oh squad like, are very, very oh online. God. They're very, very online. So, you know, you have to, I had a, I had a measure of sympathy for him there because, you know, <laughs> once that particular dog gets a bone, it really runs with it. But Arsenal again, just. Do you know what? I, I, I think Arsenal really benefited from last week's fixtures being postponed in the Premier League. Yeah. Give them a little bit extra time just to regroup after that Manchester United game. And uh, even without Martin Odegaard, who got injured in training this week, they looked pretty good. Could see Fabio Vieira getting his first goal. He's got the Vieira chant as well. And another really, really good performance by Granit Xhaka. Like, he's just, he's really good. Playing well, good form, position that suits him. Um, yeah, yeah. No notes. No notes. And Gabriel Jesus again. Gabriel yeah. Jesus again. I actually, I did some research. So I, I confess, did I when did I- Did your own research, did you? No, not it was uh, research. It's embarrassing. I just googled something I should have googled years ago. <laughs> I googled something I should have googled years ago, but I never, I never knew the full extent of the Gabriel Jesus story. I knew, I knew the Gabriel Jesus uh, story was basically like it was a phone call to his mum. Yeah, but there's an article I hadn't seen before, which was that because I'd seen that you know, it was a phone call to thank his mum. What I hadn't seen was an article which basically explained a bit further, which is that his mum basically calls him every single time he scores, whether he's like playing or not. Which is the most mum thing I've ever heard. Like, oh, Gabriel scored, I give him a call. Like, no, he's not going to answer He's on it. the pitch. <laughs> it's literally on the pitch. That's so funny. Which I thought was such an adorable little detail. I, I adore that. I love yeah, that. I adore that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Arsenal still top going into the international break, which nearly could have been seven out of seven going into this break. That very much could have been. Yeah, that's right. What are Arsenal fans going to do? Usually they're into the first international break absolutely seething. What are they going to do? Don't worry, October and November are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a wild October they've got. Yikes. Should we do La Liga after the break? Because I want to talk about the Vinicius stuff. Yes, let's do it. All right, let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, man. So let's talk about the good stuff in La Liga first before we talk about the absolutely fucking grim stuff in La Liga. Barcelona mm. beating Elche 3-0. Two goals from Lewandowski. He's having a really, 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 really nice time. Just knitting together that forward line. As, you know, as, as anyone would, would have foreseen, as anyone, you know, a fit Robert Lewandowski, a healthy Robert Lewandowski is just a, a guaranteed, you know, guaranteed double figure goal scorer wherever he goes. What was really great about this game was the goal from Memphis. He, he actually scored one like this in the preseason, the turn. So, mm. you know, defenders could have known to be what, could have known this was coming. Just don't get too tight to him. Mm. Memphis Depay, when you're that tight to him, is almost impossible to stop in terms of a turn. So yeah, great goal, great finish. Great time, I have great a finish. question about this game though. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the two first half red cards may have helped Barcelona? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think those can those can be registered as turning points. Oh, Absolutely, Elche man. I mean, getting two sent off in the first half in your bottom of the league at Camp Nou. It's chaotic. It's not what you really want, is it? I worry about Elche. To be honest, I I think they're yeah. Only consolation is early days. Only consolation, but yeah, not looking good. Uh, wins for Athletic Club over Rio Vallecano. This was a really good game, actually. 3-2 Athletic. Rio having a goal ruled out as well. Valencia beating Celta Vigo 3-0. Mallorca beating Almeria. And then on Sunday, wins for Getafe, Villarreal and Sevilla drawing. I think that's actually a really good point for Sevilla. The way of Villarreal. Because Villarreal have... Uh, Not conceding easily either. No, that's only the second goal they've conceded this season. <laughs> Which is just right. wild. Um, Betis beating Girona 2-1, Real Sociedad beating Espanyol 2-1, and then the Madrid derby in which Real Madrid uh, beat Atleti 2-1 at the Estadio. It's not the Wonder anymore, is it? It's just the Metropolitano. No. Something else Metropolitano. I can never remember what the new one is. I'm just going to call it the Metropolitano. It'll always be the Wonder to us. <laughs> it will be in our hearts. In a game that saw another great performance from Freddy Valverde, another goal from Freddy Valverde, and uh, the actual game itself was was pretty good, to be fair. Real Madrid going 2-0 yeah, yeah. two, two up. Rodrigo opening the scoring quite early on. Truemane was a superb assist. He was so he was good. Just, he was excellent. He's really settled down. Really fast. Really, like, quick, really, quick, quicker really than I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. And then, like I said, Fede Valverde getting the second. Uh, late goal for Mario Hermosa. Another uh, journey. He's having a, such a chaotic he's, season. He's, he's having, having... only in like late parts of the game. It's like, actually, you should take him off after... But that's minutes. but that's worse. That's worse because you know he's building to something. That means the chaos is coming. That that effect, that unsettles everyone. And the thing is, I remember for people who don't know what we're talking about. By the way, he got the goal back for Atleti and then got yeah. sent off. And then he got time. sent off. Two yellow cards in two minutes. Hermoso season. Here's the thing: an Atleti centre back should just not be this interesting. He shouldn't be this interesting. Like, and this is this is my concern. <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw that. And I was like, listen, it's entertaining, my brother, but like. <laughs> You shouldn't be entertaining us. So yeah, um, the the game itself was fairly. Do you want good, to know what was interest, more interesting? What's that? He was only on the pitch for a grand total of nineteen minutes because he only came on after seventy two minutes as a substitute. God, it was honestly the best cameo of the season. <laughs> there um, needs to be some kind of stadio for best cameo, doesn't there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because this um, scene, this this week alone, him and Son. We've had two two incredible cameos in one week. We could do it like we could do a reversion of like all the footballers around the world. <laughs> um, are we going to talk about the stuff that happened before though? Because this game was really laced with a with a really really nasty nasty tone. So we have to talk about it. So basically, um, Vinicius uh, a few days before this match. Have been criticised by a pundit um, for his dancing on uh, El Chiringuito. Right, Vinicius was criticised uh, a few days before this game for dancing after celebrating goals. Mm. He responded on, and, and it was it was racially racially charged. So we say, do you want me to say the the phrase? Because it was yeah, a sure, phrase. Sure. It basically, it was said. I think it's called like acting the monkey. Yes, basically. Yes. Yeah, and it is kind of one of these. It's like acting the fool, kind of thing. Mm. 
again, how many times have we said this that people need to be aware of the context that they're yeah. they're saying stuff in? Yeah. And yeah. so so and the thing is, and the reason why the context was so damaging and dangerous is that so Vinicius responds to this on Instagram and says, Look, I'm not gonna stop dancing. And this is basically this is racist. What you're doing is racist, the language you're using. Um, you know, phrases like monkey just have those connotations. And sure enough, uh, just before the game, hundreds well, it looked like, looked like a lot. It was hundreds. It felt like, well, certainly at least hundreds Let's of Atleti fans. Let's just say a very, very, very hefty crowd of Atleti fans. Yeah, a very Atleti. large. I mean, yeah. hundreds is maybe conservative. Um, a large crowd of Atleti fans outside the game chanting basically to the effect that Vinicius was a monkey. Yeah. Uh, before the game. And holding a, what could only be, ex- I don't know, like a dull mannequin like kind of thing. Yeah. Which was... I'm not sure how those yeah. fans received, I'm not sure how they received the news um, or the sight of Rodrigo's goal being celebrated by the first five players on the scene all being black and dancing in the corner. It's a sight they deserved. I'm not saying that um, yeah. football should be a place where people you know, just, just beat the racists by scoring more goals, but it doesn't always work because actually a lot of the time the racists are better at football. But on this occasion, um, the racist element of the fan base did not get what they wanted. They got a defeat. Atleti made a statement afterwards that kind of made things worse, I think. The, the statement was, it was late, it was a couple of days late, and they basically said, let me just uh, read this out. This is the relevant part, which um, shout out to Goal.com, because Goal.com actually uh, summarised it, and uh, this section was quite interesting. I think they, they pulled out the key section here. These charts provoke enormous repulsion and indignation. That's fair. We will not allow any individual to hide behind our colours to utter insults of a racist or xenophobic nature. At Atletico de Madrid, we have... Zero tolerance for racism, our commitment to the fight against a social scourge is total, and we will not stop until we eliminate it. Then they went on to say, fans are asked for sanity and rationality, and during the week, professionals from different fields generated an artificial campaign, lighting the fuse of controversy without measuring the repercussions of their actions and manifestations. So here's the thing, right? If hundreds of your fan base, if many of your fan base have come out Mm. and chanted that, that's on them. And you can't swerve it. You can't blame professionals in the media because ultimately those fans came into the stadium with that energy. And that's on them. And you can talk about professionals who you like, you know, stoking the flames of controversy, but I don't understand how, so I just don't understand how professional stoking controversy, which I question anyway, has anything to do with how fans should behave in an unrelated fixture. So actually, Aleti with an open goal there, and they just missed it. Frankly, um, a chance to yeah, really, basically criticise yeah. the pundit. Yeah, going hard on the language used, absolutely, and just massively condemn the actions of your fans before the game. Don't do that, and then kind of say or suggest that someone else did something, and therefore they did that. It's just it's, just, it's unnecessary it's just, defensive it's just, language. Yeah, it, it just really is. I mean, yeah. we both have a soft spot for Atleti, despite knowing that they do have. There is a large portion of that. Uh, fan base in the stadium especially from the ultras that have extremely right wing views we've mentioned this before you know booing mm. taking the knee in Champions League games yep. all this kind of stuff like the club kind of knows that and the yep. club needs to push down harder on it because like what happened before that game it just fucking made me feel sick it felt like a different level as well it felt like yeah. why are you why are you going after Vinicius for that like what it's a derby, like it's unrelated. Like you sh- there's enough there. There's enough uh, rivalry there anyway. Look, we talked about, we did a thing recently about fan bias, right? And, and behaviour of players and stuff like that. But it extends to this as well. Like, I'm sorry, but like, this is just zero how do you fucking feel? How do you feel as a black player playing for Atleti? Yeah. yeah. That's your place of work. It's just fucking grim and yeah. awful. I'm a little bit disappointed in the club statement, to be honest. Yeah, me too. And yeah, yeah I, I don't really have anything else to say on it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Bad look for them. Should we answer some questions and try and cheer us up before we finish? Yes, actually, before we finish, um, uh, just before we answer questions, just a quick shout out to Bangladesh, winners of the SAFF championship title, which is basically the South Asian Football Federation for Women. Nice. Yeah, they beat uh, Nepal 3-1 in the final. So Nepal have been runners-up now five times, uh, which is a real shame for them. Uh, I had a friend in the crowd, Arnolf, was on the scene. He sent me a great report of Bangladesh's performance. Uh, Nepal basically couldn't handle the press and Bangladesh just excellent an attack and Nepal didn't take their chances. So 3-1 for them. Great news for them, but just, yeah, a, a real shame for Nepal because um, this is uh, the fifth time they finished runners-up in six attempts 
but yeah, hopefully uh, a trophy's around the corner for them summer. So, so yeah, nice. had some grim times. So here's some, some happy ones for Bangladesh at least. Let's do some questions. Um, should we try and keep them pretty brief and do yeah, sure. so we can Still. do a few? Okay. Okay. This one from Monsieur. Monsieur? How good is Sir Benjamin White and should he be in the England squad? We can keep this very brief. Very good. And probably. Although, yes. but well, I mean, you know my thoughts on how many right backs we should have in the squad. So just keep. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> my, I, my dream is that it's the name of 25 man squad with 22 right backs <laughs> and three goalkeepers. <laughs> How do you get away with radicalising people to become right backs? And I don't get away with the eight thing. You get away with your takes, I don't. It's too obvious. It's true, actually. It's true. Look, no one grows up wanting to be Gary Neville. Oh, God. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> Who said that? I don't know, but it's unfair. It's unfair. I don't believe that for a second. Who would not want Gary Neville's career or Azpilicueta's career even more? So? Yeah. He's done pretty well. Yeah. But just in terms of a career that goes under the radar. Yeah. Like you, you win stuff and just get to like not be mobbed in the street. You always have respectful discourse, whereas people in the same team that won the same amount just can't go anywhere. He's kind of got the dream, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. do you think, do you think Ben might should be in the England squad? Yes. Great player. I mean, because he, he's a great option at centre-back as well. That's the thing. He's a really good centre-back. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's just giving Arsenal a little bit more solidity on the right-hand side this season, which... Fine player. Big fan. He's great, man. I love him. Ah. Uh, Good old Drew Burr, our friend from the Nostalgia FC pod, has come through in our time of need when we needed a reason to talk about this. Let's go for it. What do you think of the appointment of Deserby at Brighton? Love it. I love absolutely it. love it. amazing. Love, 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 love. So good. Love this appointment. I love it so much. It's perfect. I love it. Like, Deserbi has managed, you know, Sassuolo and also Shakhtar. Shakhtar is a huge club and took them to Champions League and was effective there. Well, was effect- well, it was effective while he was there. It was impressive. And just plays a style of football that is perfectly suited for Brighton. There's a great article actually uh, by James Horncastle. Shout out to him about uh, Deserbi's fit for the Brighton job. But anyone that saw what he was doing at Sassuolo and the football they were playing will be a big fan of this. Like, I think, I think Brighton fans, it, it's, they're going to mourn the Potter thing for a while because what he could have built there would have been really exciting. But I, I think that once Deserby gets his feet properly under the table, a lot of those, a lot of that sadness will recede. And this is the thing, you look at the essential, the essential element at Brighton is the ownership and the chairmanship of Tony Bloom. Mm. It's been there for a good while now. And he is really the through line. He's the consistency in that. So I think as long as he's there, Brighton can have faith that they'll continue to develop in a really exciting way. But Deserby as a coach is, he's next level. I'm so excited about Brighton. I mean, this is bizarre. How, how have they managed to make probably one of the five managerial appointments that would have made us as excited as we were about them under Graham Potter this season, or maybe even a little bit more because of the additional newness yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just sorry. I have some of those passing patterns that Brighton are going to start playing come maybe like end of Science. October, November. It's like... Science fiction. <laughs> I cannot wait. I think it's amazing. Amazing. Brighton um, fans are in for a treat, I think. They're yeah. in for a treat. Uh, Rhino Byrne says, we all get a little bit sick of punditry occasionally. Purely based off footballing knowledge and what they did that excited you on the pitch, who would you love to see talk about the game and break it down? As a pundit, like an ex-player, and yeah. pundit. I mean, I'm always going to be biased and say this, but Lizarazu. Oh, that's that's a great shout. Only because Lizarazu played with everyone, um, was outstanding for Bayern Munich, was outstanding for France, so just saw everything and was a fully modern fullback. Like, could play if Lizarazu was playing now, you put him like left wing back for Chelsea, left back for Barca, he'd be extraordinary. He'd raise the level by, by, su- by such a, a large amount. He's unbelievable. Um, and I just think they had sort of the, the humility and the reserve to kind of step back and just see the game and really analyse the passing patterns, attack, defence, the fullback role where that's evolved. So I think there's something about the way a fullback analyses the game that's so interesting because that role has evolved and become more important. Like almost any, like m- probably more than any other in the last 15, 20 years. So I think a, a fullback would be my first answer. And of all the of all the folks, be uh, Liz Razu. Yeah. 
I love that. I think recently she kind of does talk because she's got her own podcast and stuff. But Jill Scott. Yeah, yeah, great shout. Can't wait to hear her go in more on football stuff because she's an elite midfielder over a long, long time. And um, yeah, I just, and also just, just seems like a really good egg. And someone again, who's seen so much evolution. I think the key to a really good pundit is someone who's seen different phases of the game and who has adapted their game to remain relevant because that shows such a high form of intelligence, I think. Mm. Um, So yeah. All right. Two more then. This one from Catriona. Is it time to expand the Women's Champions League with the quality of some of the players on show at Arsenal versus Ajax last night and looking at the teams and some of the other qualifiers, it seems that there are enough good teams for a bigger tournament. I agree with this, actually. I think if you look at some of the teams who are going to miss out on the group stages, mm. there are more than enough teams to, to expand. Maybe it's wild. The, the it's wild that City are out. It's wild that City are well, out. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And if you consider the Men's Champions League, the fact that like so many teams just get to play and have a run. Yeah then why not have the same for the women's game? Seems like a no-brainer. I mean, there's a part of me, there's a slightly regressive part of me that loves the jeopardy of big clubs going out early. There's part of me that likes the fact, but that, that's, something, that's a criticism, I think, for the men's game as well. I, I think actually, if anything, women and men's Champions League should be more restrictive in terms of who gets in. But that's my kind of regressive competitive hat thinking. If it's about great football being played, then yeah, make, just make the league bigger. And I'm sure they can expand at some point. UEFA have never missed an opportunity to to expand into more profitable when pastures. More can be done. Profitable pastures. Do yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's have one final question, and I love this question from Supercorp. What would be your celebration if you scored a World Cup slash Champions League winning goal? You might have had this question before, but who cares? Let's do it again. To be honest, it sounds terrible, but I, I think I would just lose it. I think my body would actually be unable to compute. I think I'd be like Goethe walking around, like just stunned at what actually happened. That, that, that sounds like a ridiculous answer, but if you think of a thing, I think of all the people who ever played football and dreamed of scoring a World Cup winner and you've imagined it like countless times to actually do it, I think the pre-rehearsed routine, however ridiculous that would be, would go out of the window. Or there might be a pre-rehearsed routine that's so intricate that actually if you do remember to do it, a teammate looks at you and is like, really? You're doing that at this time? It's like, come on, man. <laughs> See, I think I'd just lose it, if I'm honest. I don't think I'd have um, control at that point. I, from the moment that the ball left my foot and went in, I would sprint at top, my top speed straight down the tunnel without <laughs> explanation <laughs> so that the coach would have to sub, make a substitution. And you just wouldn't be seen again? I just wouldn't come back. You wouldn't see me. <laughs> Incredible, incredible scenes. And I just sprint out again just in time for the trophy presentation. <laughs> it would actually look amazing Yay. because they'd have to follow you. The funny thing was, everyone had to follow you. The well, kids, you know, the, like in Five staff, Aside or something, yeah. right? When someone does something and everyone's just like, oh, and they just run off. Right. <laughs> That's what I do. Score yeah, the winning yeah. goal and just gone. I'd be out of there. And everyone would be like, oh, he just ran. He just ran away. Would make an incredible celebration though. It would look, visually, it would look incredible. Yeah, it would just be so funny. I think. Yeah, yeah. And they'd have to make a substitution. Like the coach is just like, okay, we're just going to make a substitution now. And I'm actually doing the team a favour because I'm also killing time. That's true. That's true. I've made, that, I've, I've made the coach's decision for them. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine oh. the, visual, the visual of scoring a winning goal in a in a Champions League or World Cup final and just bombing it straight off the pitch. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd pay to see that. We, 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 had, we had a, um, a game, we won a penalty shootout to get promoted to the top division, the team I play for uh, in Berlin, SFC Inter, uh, the Unicorns. And this, uh, our midfielder, Nico, scored the winning penalty. And it, the celebration was so funny because he ran off after the penalty. He didn't run back to the halfway line he sprinted forwards and to the left. So everyone had to like run after him. And then he ran a full lap of the pitch. So by the time he, we caught up with him, some of the older guys were flagging a bit. Um, but it just looked really funny because the, uh, Ryu taking the photo from behind the goal got this incredible shot of everyone just sort of curving around on this run. So it looked like a bunch of like swallows, like banking on a migration <laughs> pattern. Yeah, it looked really, really cool actually. It was a really good picture. Yeah. Like I want people to be able to take my... Let's, I'm going to do a World Cup winning goal and put the Benny Hill, th- Benny Hill theme tune over the top of it. 
And it's just to sound amazing. This is why I can't believe that Iniesta had the presence of mind to take off that, that shirt. And I, don't, I don't know. At a moment like that, when you score a goal like that, I'm not even sure what place your head goes to. Mm. Do you know what I might do as well? I might have the presence of mind just to wave to everyone as I'm running off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay to see that. Uh, so would I. Are you kidding? I would pay, definitely pay <laughs> to see me win the World Cup and, uh, and just peg it off the pitch. Um, should we get out of here? Let's do it. Thanks for being patient with us all this week, everyone. Really appreciate mm. that. And uh, next week, is it is it time for another what if? Yeah, let's do one. I think it's, it's time a for a what if. Yeah, it's yeah, been a yeah. All yeah. right, but it's a Moose and Ryan special. Yeah, we're yeah. going to pick a couple each, and we'll ask each other. So that'll be up next week. And Wright's house will be back as normal next week, hopefully. If Wright is better, I'm sure he will be. But yeah, get well soon, Wrighty. Uh, don't forget to check the ringer dot com. Check Stadio on Twitter and on Instagram. Stadio uh, at Stadio on Twitter at Stadio Football on Instagram. And check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. If you go to Spotify and you search for Stadio Outros, all the music we play on each episode, the newest one's at the top. And today, we're playing out on Gala by Hiroshima. Uh, anything else you want to add, Mr. Wonga? Yeah, very quickly. So we were in Paris uh, this weekend and we got a chance to watch the finals of, the, of uh, La Coupe Nationale de Cartier, which is basically a bunch of teams from Paris who basically play according to their heritage. So they represent their areas, but also their heritage. So Brazil won the um, men's title and Portugal won the women's title. And just an incredible vibe. Such an if you get a chance yeah. to go along to this, check it out. Um, yeah, please do. And actually like, I then was like, actually, you know what? Like there's something so incredible about the celebration of your heritage when you're in a new place. Um, well, so it's almost like having two homes. You have the heritage, the home of your heritage and the home of your new place. Um, so yeah, and I was, uh, I was talking to, um, one of the fellow uh, delegates or one of the fellow like, invitees at this uh, event we were at this uh, long weekend, we spent the, um, the Nike FC Summit. And I thought, I said to one of them, I said, you know what? From now on, it's going to be stay migrated. Stay proud. <laughs> so stay, stay migrated is my last uh, piece of advice this week. All right, then. Much love, everyone. Have a good week and a good weekend. And we'll be back next Monday. See you then.